Welcome to the Sensibly Speaking Podcast. This is Chris Shelton, the critical thinker at large, coming at you for another show here in uh, the, what is this, the third week of February 2019? Sure. Uh, And this episode is called The Psychology of Doubling Down. Excellently said. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And as you all can see, I've got my great friend Rachel Bernstein on, uh, psychologist, family therapist, extraordinaire, and and uh, also cult recovery uh, expert, uh, who I've spoken with many times. Rachel, thanks for being on the show here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Awesome. Um, okay, let me open this with actually just a little bit of um, uh, ripping off somebody else here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote from an article called The Psychology of Doubling Down, uh, which was uh, in a magazine from a couple years ago. I will have a link to it below. Uh, it says... In gambling, doubling down, this term doubling down, what does it mean, right? In gambling, it's a term used for calculated risk, one that typically indicates you have enormous confidence in winning. In real life, the confidence applies to the conviction that you're somehow above the fray of facts and also possess just enough stubbornness required to die on that hill. It requires a steadfast refusal to admit there's any possibility that you're wrong followed by wild scrambling to save face. In other contexts, people use the term to simply mean uh, make more effort or do more, as in double down to help Haiti or double down on women's issues. Uh, There's also, it's worth noting, a KFC double down sandwich. The bread is replaced by two pieces of uh, fried chicken. But most of us nowadays use double down to indicate stubbornly clinging to a notion in the face of evidence to the contrary. You've seen or heard of maybe some of this before in your practice? Um, uh, Yes, as a matter of fact, I have. Uh, It's a great... It's a great phrase because it's so much of what happens psychologically where people, I mean, double down is, is just such a nice way of saying, like, digging your heels in. Yes. Uh, it's the same kind of force down. Like, I'm going to get stuck here, even if I'm in the mud, right? I'm not on a path that actually makes sense. I'm going to stick my feet here um, just because. And it's the just because part that's maddening, because if you feel like you actually have a point that's salient, that would be helpful, and the other person isn't necessarily open to it, the idea of being able to change someone's mind um, a lot of time is not about you necessarily having better information or being right or more accurate. It's about the other person being open to having their mind changed. Right. Very so good then, point. Yes. So, right. So it's it's a good way to kind of frame it that if people will just try everything. Well, they'll come up with this study and that study, whatever. But the person already has they're like, la, 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 la. Right. They've decided, you know, and so then you just get louder or you think that you just have to be cleverer or just, mm, uh, you know, really kind of get a, an approach across to them in a way that's finally going to work. But I see this um, with people who are involved with people they shouldn't be involved with and they're not yet 
ready to see that. Uh, and they're not yet ready to take in that they made a mistake. Um, people who get involved in cultic groups, you know, you can see that they have these thought stopping techniques. And I think a lot of the doubling down are thought stopping techniques um, where they have come up with the phrases in their head that justify their position and that they get something from holding on to that position. It makes them feel secure. It makes them still feel aligned to the other people they want to be aligned to who feel the same way. Um, But I think it also comes from the need to be right or at least not yet feeling courageous enough to be wrong. Yes, I think that's a very good point. And courage is definitely the right word. I'm, I, 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 it really does require <laughs> some gumption to be able yeah. to confess that you had a position and now it's a different one. Isn't it kind of, what is that? Where does, where does that come from? Well, just to also add to that, it's especially hard to find the courage um, when someone has been attacking you, because then you have dug your heels in, then you don't want to kind of give them that because you feel like they don't deserve it because they've been mean. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Right. Yes. There's a little Uh, bit of a reciprocity. Exactly. Equality tit for tat thing. Right. Enters in. Yeah. Right. So if you've been nasty and you're like, how come you don't see my point? Sometimes people will say uh, in their minds, oh, I saw your point like five hours ago. (laughs) But because you were so nasty, I was not going to admit it. Right. So um, so there is something to be learned about how to approach these conversations to give someone the ability to give someone the space, to give someone the feeling of safety and also that the. To, to be able to say, oh, I see your point, but also that you haven't been so awful that they don't want to offer you that because it does take a certain kind of generous spirit <laughs> and overlooking a lot of bad behavior sometimes in order to do that. But I think that there is some, you know, there is some pride in it and some saving face and um, feeling confident and being able to stand up for ourselves and practicing that and it feels good and it feels strong and sometimes it's in the action of doing it that um, matters more than the content of what we're saying Uh, and that's when you know someone's argument is breaking down um, but they're not yet willing to see it because they just feel very empowered by being able to kind of stand up for their position Um, So there are a lot of psychological needs that are getting met, that are at play, uh, that, again, are not necessarily about what's the truth and what's not and what's right and what's wrong. There are just so many other forces and so many other things that people want to be able to feel in that moment that take precedence. Yeah, I think the emotional points there are yeah, very real to me. Uh, I mean, I have been like the worst at this uh, on social media. I have done all the mistakes. I have made all. I have I have cussed people out. I have been vicious. I've been mean. I've I have I've been very very uh, things. I am definitely not proud of. But tried to learn from that. <laughs> don't, don't don't kill me quite yet. But um, yeah, they, I think you're. I think you're really on to something there with that emotional component. Now, do you think that it's better to 
um, or easier or more effective. Maybe I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of thinking as I'm going here, but um, you know, somebody comes at, you know, like, okay, let's talk, let's talk about social media, for example, you know, you're, right. uh, but it, I guess this could happen in real life too, actually. Yeah. Let's say you're having an argument or discussion. It gets heated. You really start going after the guy hard, right? Mm-hmm. Is it like, it, and then you get them to that place where their arguments totally broken down. They're wrong. You know, it's just, it's just all falling apart. Is it better there to try to then, you know, to be that aggressive and then patch it up afterwards or um, maybe just not get that way in the first place? Yeah. Like, can you get somebody past the emotional arguments and past all the other stuff without overwhelming them and their emotions? I guess I'm asking. It's hard. I mean, it sometimes you can feel like you know the damage has already been done and now it's a futile attempt to actually get to um, really the validity of an argument. Um, that you're just dealing with kind of a mess that you've created or a mess that you've endured. Um, and that that's the thing that was suddenly more important. It's like people who will scream something at someone else. And usually the other person just hears the volume. They don't really even hear the words. They just kind of get scared and intimidated. And then they deal with all those feelings. They can't even respond to what's being said or what's being screamed. Um, But I do think that there is something about this impetus to feel that you have to respond and that you also don't want to be a doormat. So sometimes people feel triggered to respond in kind, um, to show that they can't be mistreated. And again, I think once you feel like you've been baited in that way, you want to you want to take notice of it and go, okay, why is my heart suddenly racing? Why do why did it go from talking about politics to me just suddenly hating that person? <laughs> like what what just happened? You know, right? This exact moment. I think this is a very important moment in these kind of quote unquote conversations, or you know, what what could become or what could be conversations, but become something else and something kind of worse right they become something else and then it's its own distraction and then it kind of brings out your worst behavior right because you do feel like someone just threw a punch so you need to punch back but also when you're on social media you because you are emboldened by the facelessness of it then you can punch back and keep punching And you can also make it personal. It gets personal. You know, they'll just, they'll go from talking about Trump to suddenly talking about your mother. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) This just went south really fast. Um, And so to, to extricate yourself from it, because it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. You also, you, you took the bait basically. Um, and is that person worth ruining your day? And are you even getting your message across, which really should be what's at the root of you even bothering? Um, and if not, then you say, you know, this is no longer a conversation. This is just you like sort of lobbing things at my head and I have to duck or try to lob them back. That's not what I signed up for. There was a comic that, um, You've probably seen, and it has someone looking bleary-eyed, looking at a computer screen. Yes. And right. Yes. <laughs> and he said, "I can't go to bed because someone disagrees with me on social media." Yeah, right? exactly. Somebody's wrong <laughs> on the internet. 
Something's right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And so you can't somehow let it go. You you do need to let it go because you you have to be reminded not only of how you want to use your energy, but how to be your better self in that moment and not let someone kind of take get sort of that base part of your personality out of you just for the sake of fighting. Some people feed off of it um, and they will have endless reserves for for it because it's part of what gives them almost like the oxygen that they breathe. And for other people, it's very draining. And yes. so you want to know yourself and know if it's healthy and if it's worth it. And also, are you just feeding someone else's ego and are you giving them more material to use against you? Because you know if they're closed-minded to what you're saying, whatever you say to them is going to be turned around, is going to be used as proof of your stupidity or whatever. Like, don't keep giving the material. Just end it there. Those are all really good points. Um, I, I Yeah, I didn't even thought about half of those. Those are all really good. I was thinking about the futility of the activity in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, this is something I have definitely come to learn the hard way. As I just mentioned, I've made every mistake you can make. And I have made them repeatedly thinking, you know, in the crazy insaneness of my mind that, you know, if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, maybe I'll get a different result. And finally, after about three or four times, uh, or five or six or seven, I finally, you know, oh, this really isn't working. And I really need to stop what I'm doing. Somehow my approach is wrong or somehow the entire, and I thought that for a long time. I really thought about my approach. I thought about how I talked with people. This is, and this is all fully applicable in person or in social media. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how you present an argument, how you present your case or whatever your position or opinion or idea mm -hmm. is, um, you know, and you, then you're suddenly in this confrontational sort of situation where you and somebody else are, are having at it. Mm -hmm. And I I've, I, I, I've kind of come to a place now where I think to myself, well, once I've said what my position is, and I've explained why that's my position, if the person's willing to hear that, mm -hmm. that's it. I'm, I'm done. Like I really, that's, that's the totality of my communication to this person, unless they say, unless they're asking me questions about it in which I can clarify things. Mm -hmm. If that, if my statement of my position didn't change his mind or didn't get him thinking about it and all he wants to do is keep arguing his position. Yeah. I should be done at that point. No hard feelings, no nothing, just cool, man. We're not seeing eye to eye. And if I'm not interested in finding out what his thing is, Right. I'm only trying to, you know, change his mind or something, which happens, right? I'm not, I'm mm -hmm. not down with hearing your side of things. <laughs> might be part of the problem <laughs> right there. Right? That, would, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There might be something right there, but we're just, gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna move on past that as though I didn't actually say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. But once that's done, that's it. You know, there really isn't any reason to do all of this nasty back and forth and certainly no reason to get into all the name calling and everything that goes on. No. More no. so in the social media realm. Because I think what we're really talking about there is where we're really just having 
the 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 facts are incidental. They're they're rocks, and we're just chucking them at each other. It's not like you're yeah. in a in a rock fight. You don't grab a rock and go, oh well, let's look at the you know, let's look at something about this and and see or if, see if there's some message on here. You know, they're just uh-huh. weapons. Just the the facts become weaponized rather yeah. than useful. Oh, I like that. That's a really good phrase. Yes, they do become weaponized, and it's true. Yeah, if you have a rock being thrown at your head you don't stop and you say you know actually i really appreciate this opportunity for me to be opening my eyes to this new way of looking at it right you're like stop so i rock my head uh right yes yes. um but okay but let's get let's let's get back to the doubling down (laughs) i realized we went a little little over and i want to kind of bring it back to the doubling down thing because there's this point where i think this is I, I feel that the doubling down is kind of an important part of where we might recognize where we've gone to a place where we really need to stop the conversation at that point because we're mm-hmm. not gonna mm-hmm. we're not gonna get the change we're looking for in this person and they're certainly not willing to change like you said at the very beginning mm-hmm. of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know though. What and, do you think? I mean, that's sort of what I'm thinking, but I'm I'm open to you know. Is there some other place where there might be? other phases so to speak of the conversation that you might start getting the red alert well i think if somebody also um is not willing at the very beginning to change their tone like if you give someone an opportunity and you say actually i would be interested in hearing your point of view on this. If you're able to not call me stupid um, while you're talking to me <laughs> and, and you use a really respectful tone and I'll, I'll also respond that way, then we can have a dialogue. And you're kind of inviting the person to raise the bar and you're saying, I'm interested in what you have to say. And then I think you'll be able to tell earlier on if that person is actually interested in having a dialogue or if they just need to be right. Um, and, and I, or if they need to sort of get out some of their anger and usually it's misplaced anger and the need to feel powerful and in control. And so it's about a lot of other things, but I think early on, if you are able to say something where you're inviting someone to change the tone and lower kind of the temperature and have it be that it's just a conversation without any personal attacks. Um, and no one, again, has to be sort of right or wrong at the very beginning, but just let's share some ideas. People who are reasonable will actually like the invitation. They're not used to probably interacting their way. They're used to being insulting and then being insulted back. But some people will say, oh, actually, yeah, let's do it. And others will attack you for that. Are you trying to get out of it? Then you know, okay, bye-bye, right? Right. So so I think as soon as you get that kind of, um, again, what could be potential bait, see if you can change the tone, invite the person to change the tone, raise the bar a little, and see if they're willing. And then if not, from the beginning, you know, then you call it a day. What I think you can also say to people is it seems that it's not the right time. It seems like we, neither of us, and you can kind of, you know, speak for yourself too. And that helps people be open to your message when you use we language as opposed to you. Right, right. Inclusive language, yeah. Right. We might not be at a place where we can actually have a discourse about this. 
So maybe let's try to pick this up at another time. And then if the person says, okay, fair enough, then you, you know, then you know it's a possibility. If the person says, well, you, you trying to weasel out of <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, now, now you're just trying to slither out of it. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I mean, exactly. So I tell people, you know, right, if they're faced with a situation, if they try to set a boundary, if they set their standard, if they share what their wishes are early on, and then they'll be able to get a more accurate gauge earlier on before they've wasted hundreds of hours, if that's possible with this person. Um, so yeah, do as soon as you get that kind of um, message or how, well, how could you be so stupid to believe blah, blah, blah. Hmm. You know, I actually do respect your feelings about blah, blah, blah. And I would like to talk to you, but not in this manner. Can we talk in a different way about this. But I do think that there's some, there's an inherent issue with the social media piece and doubling down because I think because you're not face to face, you don't have to deal with really taking responsibility for the impact that you've had on someone. You don't know that you've just made them cry. You don't know and you might not care um, because you actually don't have to at any point face them. Um, you know, I mean, I think about kids even at school where one might hurt another and then the teacher brings one over to the other and the other one sheepishly like shuffles their feet and says, I'm sorry. You know, but they have to, <laughs> right. have to do it face to face. Yeah. But it's a really important moment. You have to face the person who you harmed, who you hurt, and then have that other person respond. But look in their eyes, see the impact that you made. There is none of that on social media. And That's so very true. It's very there is it's a it's a huge situation of no consequences. No consequences, no accountability, no you know, I'm thinking about years ago there was this there was a singer, she was a teenager, uh, Rebecca Black. She had this song Friday. Yes, I remember was, that. Yes. Right? And it was panned by everyone. I mean, it's not, you know, opera. Okay, I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was exactly okay. what it was supposed to be. It was a right. teenage girl singing a goofy teenage song. Yeah. So what? And exactly. But because she was so harassed by millions of people and because it, it was just sort of at, at the sort of burgeoning stage of social media where people were like, oh, my God, I don't even ha have to worry about um, saying something to her face. She's never going to see me. So I can not only say I hate your song, but I can say I think you're ugly. And I can not only say I think you're ugly, but I can say I hope you die because that's just funny and fun. And she then I read this article. She didn't leave her home for years because people started threatening her life because they could. They had no intention of following through, but she didn't know. And so there was this kind of what they call either social bashing or cyber mobbing um, that, that is also part of that mob mentality. What can I get away with? But also, 
how many people can I get to jump on my bandwagon? How many likes can I get from my really mean statement, right? Because that's a whole other piece of the doubling down. Sometimes you do it because you really care about being right, or you know that if you say the snarkiest thing that day, you're going to get all these people who are going to respond to it. And then you're going to love that you got a thousand likes and you hope the next day you get 2000, right? Because it's like taking a drug. So each time sort of your self-worth is sort of tied in with the, the comments that you make, the comments that you get, how many likes you get, or even how many angry faces you get or whatever. You get a reaction out of people. You get a rise out of people. And then you want it to be more the next day. What do you need to do to get more the next day? And so it's, it's not even a dialogue anymore sometimes that they're having with you, even though it seems like the argument is with you. They're having this dialogue with themselves. They want to see what they can prove about themselves, about how much more of a presence they are now on social media, you know? Totally. And to remember it's, that it has like nothing to do with you a lot of the time. Really yeah. important. <laughs> well, I, you know, and also not only are they doing this, uh, you know, the doubling down or the, okay, we're going to keep going even though, you know, I don't really have any rational reason to. Um because they're uh, playing to their audience that you mentioned the likes and the dislikes exactly. and all that. It's like they have an audience or, or maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they think they do. And so therefore they're. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole thing about valuing the kind of social media me metrics in some way that has to do with your self-esteem these days. And so. Well, it, yeah. Cause it has to do with reputation management, which yeah, is very, exactly. very, very core to our essence as human beings. Exactly right. And so, I mean, I think that's why people will post pictures where, you know, they're doing something extreme or they're, they have to, it has to be only when they look the best or they went on that fancy vacation. You know, they don't, they don't post pictures of themselves doing their laundry in their pajamas, you know, like whatever. Uh, they might, but that whole like uh, FOMO, fear of missing out, doesn't come from someone posting pictures of doing their laundry. Like we know that if we want people to think we have this fantastic life, then we're going to post certain pictures. But it's the same with, I think, doubling down that people people will support someone. I think who is being really tough or is being really clever in their retort or in their meanness sometimes. So it is playing to different audiences. And again, it's bypassing you. It's just, again, this conversation they're having with themselves, with the, the audience and then back to them. You just happen to be kind of in the way. Right, right. And, it, and, you're, and you really are missing all that context when you're on social media. So you really don't know any of this stuff. All these layers of things could be going on and there's really no way for you to tell. Uh, I mean, there's sort of a way if you're talking to somebody who maybe has a lot of followers or something, you can sort of cognizant of that. But otherwise, you don't know who this person is. You don't even know if that's their real name. You don't know anything. You don't know <laughs> so if the photo of them is a stock photo some model you don't know anything about this person right. unless you've actually met them in real life and are dealing with them that way you know yeah and it's I, very something i thought about here is you know there's people who i'm sure who are going to listen to this i know as of about well i think it was about three weeks ago now we have been off social media here in the shelton household and it has been quite something i'm pretty used to it now i don't miss it anymore i don't feel a yearning for it i've kind of gone through the addiction curve on it the, the first week was rough and uh the second week wasn't any joy either 
Um, but I, I say this not because I'm trying to pump myself up or something or, or, or let everybody know that. I'm trying to say that um, I think that if, if somebody is listening to well, all the things we're talking about here and feeling, well, I can't do that. That's impossible. I can't, you know, like, like social media is my life or social media is so important. Oh, my God. Like you're the person who really needs to step back for a little while because that FOMO, I, I hadn't even heard of that expression, but it completely makes sense to me, this fear of being, of missing out. I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where my head was at. And mm-hmm. uh, so I guess as a reformed social media user, I mean, it is, a let's face it, it's addictive. You know, it is... Um, yeah. Uh, that, that that FOMO thing is very real. That literally just put words to an entire concept that was running around in my head that I didn't have the words for exactly. But that is what it is. It's this constant every hour, every few minutes, you have to check the Twitter feed. You have to check the Facebook feed. You have to see what's what's the latest Instagram posting and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and yeah. that's horrible. It's horrible because that is not life. You know? No. No, it's not life. And and I think that also um, some people want to be the first one to respond to something. And so they miss the right. Like they have to get on that. Um, and then also people are used to responding or having someone respond so quickly that then by the time you come back to a feed, people have already said, like, Chris, where are you on this? Like, how come you haven't shared your real? Like, oh, I'm trying to take a break. Let me take a break. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been telling people on my Q&A show every week because I'm like, I, and I finally had to go back and start looking at the comments. At first, I was going to be off all my comments on my YouTube channel. I was just going to post. Mm-hmm. But I, even that was impossible for me. I just I could not not see some of the feedback because I needed to make sure that what I was posting was being positively received. Oh, well, yeah, that is important, actually. Yeah. That is important. I mean, the, the thing that's also really important to try to figure out is what to do when someone doubles down. Like we're, we're saying, you know, right. if they've got mean early on, see if you can change the tone. And if they're just not willing, then they're just not ready or they're just not able. And you call it a day. Yeah. Um, and you say like, you know, I don't want to use my energy that way. And I don't want to have that person also have that power over me um, because that's what happens. They change the feeling that you're having. They, they change what's on your mind. They suck hours out of your day, you know, and for what? Also usually for not. Um, and so then you just get mad at yourself that you wasted all this time and it felt like a futile effort. And so, you know, it's good to, to protect yourself from that. Um, and also not embolden this person who just kind of, who likes to play that game. Um, right. Exactly. Cause those guys game. exist out there, the trolls. Yeah. Right. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, yeah, for people to know that sometimes when people respond a certain way to you, it, it is sometimes because of how you broached it with them. So I'm sort of reversing it now that if you're someone who happens to be particularly argumentative and you're someone who can dish it out and take it, then you think it's okay to say like, what are you, an idiot? How come you could feel blah, blah, blah. And the other person can say, well, I think you're an idiot because, and that's fine. But a lot of people uh, can dish it out, but not take it. And um, so what are they setting themselves up for? They're setting themselves up for someone else digging their heels and for someone being insulted by what they're saying. They're keeping themselves actually from being able to have a good dialogue and learn anything or even get their point across. 
Um, so if you're someone who actually likes to have that kind of intensive argumentative style, know that that's not true for everyone. Um, and know that sometimes you need to call it as it is. And you need to say, hey, I like to really jump in with both feet. That's my style. I don't get insulted. Kind of like it feels really good, satisfying. Like uh, that's how I learn. And and so I, I can, you know, give it to you, but also I can take it and to let people know how you like to approach things and that you're fine with them responding in that way. But I think also being able to know that for the most part, that's not how it is with the general public. Um, and so if you do care about your message and it's not just about being right, but it's about maybe teaching something or helping to illuminate the public about something, you have to deliver it in a way that's palatable, that's respectful, that opens people up so that they don't double down even before you had a chance to be heard. Um, so that's for the people who, who begin this process, who really do want to have a dialogue. They don't realize that they're kind of closing the minds of the people who are listening to them just because of the way they delivered what they said. Exactly. I think that's very, very good point. In fact, it has everything to do with how I've how I chose to present my information on my channel. Because I chose to do it in this very rational, calm, sort of here's the facts kind of way. And that was a that was a calculated decision. So right. that people would receive the information well within without mm -hmm. all the emotional baggage that contends mm -hmm. to come along with horror stories like Scientology. I wanted people to get the mm -hmm. facts straight into their brain, not just have an emotional serotonin, you know, uh, you know, anxiety filled rage fest watching one of my videos, I wanted them to walk away thinking. And I knew that if I appealed to emotion, primarily, which some stories do, and I'm not trying to be critical of them, I'm just explaining why I'd made the decisions I made. Mm -hmm. It was because on a long term basis, this actually has more staying power than the emotion the emotionally mm -hmm. impactful stories mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they flame mm -hmm. out they come and go the 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 impact loses its impact on repeated showings or tellings mm -hmm. facts are always facts mm -hmm. you know yeah. and when yeah. people learn facts they can use them and respond to them and do something with them and that was the whole theory of of, of this and i so i i couldn't agree with you more that the, the really the best possible way to present yourself in, in the public eye, public, personally, in person, or through social media is that way. You know, we don't all have to be Mr. Spock, but, mm -hmm. you know, bring the temperature down, like you said, chill out, you know, and that I think also will speak to long-term reputation management, which is so important for all of us, especially mm -hmm. on social media too, because those won't be, you can look back a year or two or three later and not feel regretful about some of those posts you made that were so antagonistic right. and so awful. Yeah, go, oh, exactly. maybe I should delete this because this is uh -huh. I just feel awful about this now. You know, Lord yeah. knows I've had my share of those. Right. I'm not speaking mm -hmm. from some mountaintop here. So <laughs> yeah, I thought, you no, know, it's yeah, it's true. And I think in the heat of the moment, I mean, a lot of us regret what we've said. Um, but the fact that it's then on social media, it's going to be there forever. <laughs> 
And so, you know, a good kind of way of thinking about it is if you reread your comments in a few days, will you have to reread them sort of with one eye closed? Like, I don't actually (laughs) want to see what I wrote. I'm not proud of this moment, you know. Right. Um, And it helps actually to take some time away and to cool down and to leave leave the scene for a little while shut off the computer put your phone down go eat something um you know laugh about something what change your internal kind of temperature because then you can approach it in a very different way and then what you can do is you can make a really important shift um you can then engage in a conversation or re-engage in a conversation where you're acting, not just reacting. Where right. you're creating right. a fact, you're not just saying, you know, how dare you? Um, because again, that's not why you were dialoguing to begin with. So you, you've let this whole thing get you off track. So I think, yeah, taking some time away to cool down is good just in general in person on social media and, and think, how do I want to present this and be my better self? So I don't feel shame thinking about how I behaved. And I also don't feel angry that I let someone get under my skin in that way and then cause me to behave in a way that I'm not happy with. Yeah, yeah, good point there. I guess it's really a matter of asking ourselves whether we want to live a life surrounded by you know, broken bridges or are we, you know, building bridges? Right? Are we, I love it. You know, I, love I mean, it. yeah, yeah um, it's very cool. I had uh, an idea about this, this digging your heels in thing and sort of a, sort of a, you know, uh, thinking about this for a while. And I, I was kind of wanted to get your feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about doubling down and, and how it's um, and how, I mean, it's, and it gets pretty crazy sometimes. I mean, you can see somebody doing it and you're just like, dude, please stop, you know, yeah, yeah. But they just can't help themselves because of all these factors we've been talking about plus layers more. I mean, there's so yeah, many, but- you know, so many vectors going in on a person and so many reasons why we, we, we operate the way we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of which we don't even know about, by the way, <laughs> like a lot of them. Uh, anyway, I'm thinking that uh, for me, and I can't believe it's just me, I'm sure there are other people out there who have been really trying to figure out and really working over and really, you know, like, how do I talk to people I don't agree with? How do I... You know, how do I, ugh, how do I deal with this? Right. How do I change their minds? How do I get rant at them? How do I, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just go and go and go. And they just, ugh. come to a place now where I realize that it's, it's a futile activity to, to engage in this cyber warfare because we are all asking ourselves, you know, a couple years into this presidency if you know, many years into political turmoil and divisiveness across the United States. I mean, real, real rage, real palatable anger is out yeah. there uh, on yeah. all kinds of issues. It, I'm not, this is not issue specific. I'm, this is not a left wing thing, right wing thing. It's, it's, it's really all across the boards. Yeah. And you got to look at this and think, well, wh- who's doing this? How is this happening And I think the answer is we're doing it and we're the ones who are making it happen. 
It's not some foreign entity. It's not Russian hacking. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm all down for figuring out where things are, you know, bad actors and what they're up to. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about this, this cultural divide that has been getting more and more divisive. And I'm feeling like this way uh, that we have come to learn to interact with each other in a hostile way, it's actually making people double down in such a way that they're reinforcing and, and, and they're, they're twice as certain in their position, which means they're half as likely, you know, or 100% likely to never want to hear or be empathetic toward anything you have to say about Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Because of those divides that we're creating those bridges that we're burning. Yeah, right. Even with the very best of intentions, I've never enjoyed having a heated argument with somebody on the internet. I have never wanted to do that. It's never brought me joy. It has always brought me shame and regret. Yet I have been antagonized into it multiple times and I have been in the wrong place headspace wise when I logged on sometimes and I just had at it, right? Yeah, right. Always regretful of that. So I am not one of these people who enjoys it, who wants to troll people, who gets a who who feels satisfaction when I smack somebody else down. I'm not that guy. I am the guy who would like to try to change hearts and minds because I feel my positions are correct like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. I'm making the situation worse for myself Mm. by doing this. I have a lot of feedback about that. And I think um, one thing that I wanted to say is also this quote that I love, which is uh, that the world is changed by your actions, not by your opinions. And so. Oh, my God, that's the best quote ever. (laughs) Where did that come from? I'll send it to you. I actually don't. I think anyway, I have it online. My Facebook page. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Because, yeah, because we can argue all day long, but what are we doing? How are we helping a cause that we care about? How are we furthering a goal? Um, if we are, if we care about a particular political party that much that we're willing to, you know, say goodbye to our entire family and friend group because of it. Are we working for that political party? Are we helping further their goals? Are we raising money for it or whatever? Or are we just arguing and arguing and arguing? And what does that do? And so I think to know how to reorient your use of energy um, to something that really matters and that something is that's really gonna make a difference. I think that what's happened so much with social media too is that people talk the talk without walking the walk because there's just a lot of talk um and that's why i like a lot of people who will raise money for causes now on different you know media platforms and stuff which is very lovely um because it's a nice way of shifting to walking the walk um but i think what happens is that with all of this arguing back and forth we have been reducing ourselves into a juvenile state, right? We, we've left being adults in the world. Um, and because we go into the, you know, 
you like this or how I hear it. And yes, so, totally. right? Yes. And and that's just not great for the world, right? And and it also reduces very much in like a juvenile state to things being black and white. And I think being able to have a have a dialogue that is about both and as opposed to either or where there's a gray, where there's a, I see your point. Yeah, even going back to Scientology. Yeah, you know, um, it really, you know, damaged me in all these ways. But I did learn how to, you know, work a really long day. (laughs) And I have a good work ethic, you know, like, you can find stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Even though you don't want to kind of give it credit. But, you know, someone might say, well, no, it wasn't all bad for me. And, and someone might have to see it as all bad. But, but why, you know, that, that we, as we get older, one hopes, it doesn't always happen, but one hopes that we can see things with more complexity. We can see the gray because most of the world and most ideas operate in the gray. When you are dealing with mathematical formulas or scientific formulas, no, that's much more black and white. But when you enter the world of ideas, then it doesn't have to be that someone's right and someone's wrong. It could be that, yeah, you're right about that. Oh, and you're actually right. And you have a point. And yeah, that was the opposite, but I haven't looked at it that way. And so then it goes into the gray. But there are some people who find that very dissatisfying because they still need to be right. Um, And so they will then stay at the poles, you know, the polar opposites, either being in the black or the white. But I do think that when you have just a little bit of time to send a little message or something, people sometimes go to the extreme also to be economical. Like I don't, I just can make a one, one statement. So I'm not going to have a long statement about the complexity of my idea and how I'm integrating all these ideas. I'm just going to say, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you know, like, cause that's all I had time for. So it kind of reduces the argument sometimes into black and white when it's not really that way. Um, so I do think that, uh, also with our political climate, it's, it's, it's very adolescent. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, it just is. And so how do we go back to being adults? Um, and part of going back to being adults is not waiting for the other person to become an adult first. You know, right. 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 This tit for tat thing is so overstimulated on these platforms. And I I have to say before I forget, you know, you just made a point about how you cannot make long nuanced statements. That is a very important point because on Facebook, you can post some big, long thing. And, and there's even an expression now for this where people don't care. It's called TLDR, right? Too long, right. didn't read. Didn't read, yeah. Like, exactly. I don't care to read something that's that care. long. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, I mean, 280 characters, that's all you get. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can mm-hmm. craft some amazing things in 280 characters, but for the mm-hmm. most part, people just craft total nonsense. 
you know. And, and it's true. It's interesting because when I post my podcast on Twitter, I think, okay, how do I take out all these other points that, you know, how do I get to, yeah, uh, someone was raised in this group and then they were dealing with this and then this happened. And then I talk about the following things. And instead I just go, yeah, this person was raised in this. Listen, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, that's it. That's all I had space for. Anyway. Uh, and so all of the nuanced and the kind of good bits, you know, get sometimes taken out. Um, but I do think that, uh, again, if we're waiting for the other side to be mature so that we then will be mature, like I'm going to wait for you to be a grown up. So I'm a grown up. Well, then that's not being a grown up. Being a grown up means I you say I'm going to behave the way I think I, I want to be proud of, no matter how you behave. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to wait. I right. hope that you can then respond in a way that feels more respectful because I'm treating you that way, but it shouldn't be based on your behavior. It's based on how, how I want to behave in the world. Um, and so I do think that for a lot of social media, it has sort of fed the adolescent piece of us and it's incumbent upon us to not let it um, and to not let us atrophy and stay there uh, and feel permission to just be kind of petulant teenagers forever because uh, uh, that just would be a headache. Well, let me ask you a question here. I mean, psychologically speaking, you know, we have stages of development. There's various models that have been put together on this as far as, you know, how people grow up in these various stages. Can people revert? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I see it. So this is a people, thing. This is it's a this thing. happens. Okay. It's a thing. And it doesn't mean that it's permanent, but it just means that there's something kind of delicious about that stage of development that they want to be able to experience again. The the digging their heels in, the doubling down, the um, being able to um, be insulting to someone, you know, like on the... Um, I think about people in high school, uh, some who will let anyone, you know, eat with them at the lunch table and others who will just um, say, yeah, no, not at this. You have to sit over there with your people, you know, like that. Right, they just love right. that. It's so satisfying and mean and awful. And everyone will always remember that that happened to them. So don't do that, anybody. Um, but it, this gives people a chance to do that again and kind of have that part of them come out and not have to take responsibility. And so I think that if people are prone to feeling satisfied by using those kinds of behaviors, they will like the invitation that they get and the permission that they get and the lack of consequence that they get from social media. Um, and others won't because that's just not who they are and they were never that way and they don't want to go back there and it doesn't matter how enticing it is and they'll They'll, they'll not get involved in the argument or they'll do what you did, which is that you'll jump in and say, okay, um, someone wanted me to bite. I bit. Okay. I'm in. And then you say, actually, I don't, uh, I don't want to do, I don't like me when I'm doing that and it doesn't get me anywhere. And that's a really important learning curve because while you regressed, not 
on purpose, but it's a, it's a regressive stage. You then went back up because the, you know, you can move back and forth during different, you know, um, periods of development. And you said, okay, no, I actually want to be a grown up again. That's who I am. Um, and so I want to just feel like I get to be that way in the world again, no matter what, uh, which is a wonderful thing to be able to see and to shift in that way. Awesome. I, yeah, I agree. I have to say that it, this has been uh, getting off social media has been substantially more rewarding than I imagined it would be. And I guess in a way, my <laughs> the, the another theme of my channel is I'll go mess up and then I'll tell you guys why not to make the same mistake I just made, right? Whether it's Scientology cool. or social media or whatever. I think that's great. I think that's great. I mean, it's very relatable. And it, you're saying, I'm one of you. I am, right? Yeah. I'm learning as mm -hmm. I go. Everyone is learning as they go. And talking about bravery and courage, when you can say, yeah, the thing I did, no, don't do that. Uh, and here's why. And let me teach you about that. Uh, you have bravery and courage. You're admitting something. You're sharing something. You're being a human. You're you're saying, yeah, this could happen to people and let me do some education and prevention. It's a really good thing. Um, but yeah, there, there's some people who, who just can't admit that they're wrong and can't admit their mistakes. And that that's when, that's when the arguments go nowhere. That's really not an argument anyway. Exactly. It's not an argument anyway. It's just people pontificating, not communicating. I like it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. I love coming up with these little phrases. <laughs> oh, they're good. You have a lot of good t-shirt t-shirt ideas. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a, a good of, one. T-shirt fodder there. I'd be wearing a t-shirt today, but it's so damn cold here in Denver. I, I'm I'm having to to warm up. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I hope that people out there who are listening to this will be brave enough to comment and give us your feedback on what you're hearing here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I've sort of intended, I knew this was going to be an organic conversation. It was going to kind of go where it went. I didn't mean to focus this much on social media. However, obviously, it's on my mind and it's easy to talk about these days because uh, this is where we see so much of this phenomena and so many logical fallacies being demonstrated on a daily basis. It's really a great practice ground to go test your knowledge of logical fallacies. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And that, that alone should say something about, you know, and not just about the state of our education, guys, but actually about what we're doing these days, because that's, you know, exactly. we're exactly. out there doing that, you know. And, and Yeah. And I think also just to say about, you know, when you're face to face or when I'm like working with families or even people who who were, are involved in cults and their and their parents want to reach out to them. And, you know, there is a way. Well, there are a couple ways that help when you can kind of be cautious to not trigger the doubling down. Um, and one of the ways is to not walk into the conversation feeling like and acting like you are right and you know more and the other person doesn't get it, doesn't understand, doesn't see it the way they should. Um, if the other person really feels like they are being safely invited to know something and maybe even because they're worried about being judged, you need to offer them a chance to be knowing more than you. They know about their 
cult experience. They won't call it a cult necessarily if they're in it, but they can tell you about their experience. You're not an expert on their experience. You can be an expert on the cult, but you can have them come in really feeling like they can share something that you don't know. And you can, they can teach you something. And same thing also with something that I've probably talked to you about in the past where there's a way to kind of do a conversational dance where if you get in someone's face, like if you say, I don't like your boyfriend, I think that he's really bad for you, then typically that person you're talking to, especially if they're your child, will need to prove you wrong. Right. Even if they already know that they were about to break up with the person, uh -uh. they're not going to admit it in that moment. And suddenly they're going to hear themselves saying all these really positive things that they probably don't even agree with. But they want to prove you wrong because they don't want you to think that they don't know how to make decisions for themselves. It's a reflection on how they think you feel about them, not about the boyfriend. So instead, you don't get into their face because then they'll have to take a step back, you know, where they're going to have to protect themselves and double down. You then take a step back. So then they have the space to move forward, like in a dance. And you say, hey, how are things going with Doug? You know, <laughs> whatever, you know, totally neutral, you know, oh, hey, you know, that, that story you told me, that sounded like, yeah, he could be pretty funny or something. And then you, you invite them to be able to be honest with you because you didn't come out with judgment. You didn't know more. You didn't tell them what to do. You didn't make them feel insulted. You didn't make them feel like uh, you don't trust them and you don't trust their judgment. And then that's when you can hear them say, yeah, he can be funny sometimes, but sometimes I, I don't know. I don't know about the relationship because they suddenly knew that it was safe to do that. So how do you approach a situation and not trigger the doubling down and then say, see, I knew I couldn't talk to you about this and I knew that it was going to be impossible and I knew you were going to get defensive and you don't realize you're the one who caused that. So be cautious because it's circular. Exactly. I was going to... Um... I was going to end with this. I, I don't know that this is a catchphrase, <laughs> but um, the idea, uh, you know, I think anything we do often enough or repeatedly it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. So maybe when it comes to some of these activities we've been talking about here today, you know, are these habits you want? And are these habits that are going to regress you in your developmental phases or are these going to move you forward? You know, you can kind of look and assess your own situation. You know, I don't want to get all self-helpy, but it just kind of struck me that that might, you know, yeah. be a thing. You know, are you are you developing healthy habits? You know, it's a valid question. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Because some of this is habitual also. Yeah. And, and that means taking a step away and looking at your behavior, making yourself aware. Exactly. And then realizing that you do have the power and control over it. You can totally change it. Even if your base, your friends, your social media base is expecting something of you, don't care because that's making them more important in terms of sort of deciding your behavior than you are in deciding your own behavior. And thus, this is not a Scientology podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. 
Because I know that's what, you know, I mean, just to relate back to what you were just saying, that's exactly right. Because uh, this is an important topic. I wanted to get this out there. But this has, you know, this has as much to do with Scientology as it has to do with anything else, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think about the sort of Scientology dialogue. What crimes are you guilty of? What crimes are you guilty of? Right? Talk about doubling doubt, right? Oh, my what? God. You know, that's yes. the end of that possible discussion. Right. So yeah. some groups are really good at that, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, Rachel, thank you very much for your time and attention on this and, and your contribution. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm glad you're covering it. It it affects a lot of people, a, a lot of people. So I hope a lot of people feel like they can kind of not only change their own way with it, but protect themselves better out there. Exactly. Okay, folks, thanks for coming around and listening to all of this. And again, leave any questions, comments, or feedback, good, bad, or sideways in the comment section below. I simply ask that if you have criticism about some of the things that we've been saying, Please do explain yourself. Put the whole concept there. Put the whole thought there. And um, and please make any criticism constructive because that's actually helpful and useful. I don't say that because I'm trying to avoid bad comments. It's because I want good ones. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on that line, thanks for coming around. And I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>